How's it going today, guys? Once again, I'm back here live in the studio. Another episode of Hot Takes with TP3. Today, MLB playoffs start. Um, it's a big day, huge game tonight for the Braves. I'm really excited. I got a special guest, Bid Bolton, on the podcast for y'all. I'll introduce him here in a minute. But first, I want to go go through where I was right and wrong on the MLB season. This is kind of our MLB end of the season podcast slash beginning of the playoffs. So we got lots of good stuff coming for y'all. So be ready here. Um, first thing I will say is that. Um, so where I was wrong on this MLB season, let's start, let's start there, get things rolling a little bit. Um, I was very wrong when I picked the Cubs to win the World Series. Uh, I thought this was their year, especially once they added Daniel Murphy and Cole Hamels. I was like, this team's built for built for October, built for the playoffs. I felt really good about that pick. And, you know, I even picked the Cubs both in both those elimination games. That they had, they were, I mean, for the uh, division and in that elimination game, picked them both times. And, you know, it, it didn't work out. So Cubs are back at home watching the games just like I am. It sucks, but it is what it is. So I was definitely wrong there. Um, the only teams I picked to make the playoffs that I missed was the Angels. I mean, that team just imploded. I thought Mike Trout's star power and what all they had around him, especially Justin Upton. I felt like that team could get hit in the ball. Otani, all those guys, but didn't work out for the cut for the uh, Angels, as well as I took the Nats and the Diamondbacks to make the playoffs. I'm not mad at all about missing that prediction. I'm so glad to not see the Nats in the playoffs, see my Bravos in there. Diamondbacks as well. I was very back and forth with between them and the Rockies, but Paul Goldschmidt and squad couldn't get him in there. Where I was right, I had the Cubs making the playoffs. They still made it as a wild card, so I'm kind of right there. I picked the Brewers to make the playoffs, the Brew Crew, baby. That was my team not to sleep on in the NL, and they got it done for me. Then I had Dodgers as well. I mean, the Dodgers are a pretty easy pick. Their road wasn't as easy as I thought it would be, but they found a way to get it in there. Um, and then in the uh, AL, I obviously had I had the Yankees win the division, but I still had Yankees and Red Sox both in the playoffs, and I had Astros and Indians. I think Astros and Indians were probably the easiest picks out there. Everybody was all over them, too, to win their divisions, as well as the Yankees and Red Sox both getting the playoffs. AL was pretty easy. NL was, NL was fun to watch this year, as I predicted. It came down to what teams kept players healthy and stuff. But now, guys, we got our guest in here, Bid. Bid, say what's up to the people. Hey, what's up, y'all? And so we got tons of good stuff coming for y'all. You know, lots of brave stuff coming. Bid's a uh, he's on the grounds crew for crew for the Braves, so he's a huge. Yes, <laughs> he's as big of a Braves fan as I am a Hawks fan. If that if that tells y'all anything, I know y'all have heard our other podcasts. So let's get down to it, Bid. We'll go over our season awards right here. Is where we'll start things. So MVP before the season for the NL MVP, I predicted that Bryce Hart. Or actually, I predicted Chris Bryant would win an NL MVP. I mean, he was banged up, so I mean, I don't feel as bad about that pick but I actually have Christian Yelich winning this award it's tough for me because as much as I wanted to pick Freddie Freeman as much as I wanted to pick Nolan Arenado I just felt like because that the um, the Rockies didn't win the division that you can't really pick him I felt like Yelich with what he did down the stretch he drove in 21 runs in the last 13 games for this team I felt like just he elevated his play to the next level along with this team which bid is a lot more stats for y'all on that I mean he almost won a triple crown how often do you see that Miguel Cabrera is the only one we've seen in our lifetime we almost saw two players do it with him and Martinez this year. He was third in the NL in home runs at 36. He was two off. He needed 38 to tie for first. He was first in the NL in war by a long shot. He had a 326 batting average, so he won the batting title, and he had 110 RBIs, which was second in the NL. So, I mean, this guy absolutely dominated all season long, and he helped the Brewers get hot and fueled them to the playoffs. Who do you have for this award bid? Uh, I got to agree with you there with Christian Yelich. I mean, especially looking what he, at what he did with uh, down the stretch, there's no way that the Brewers would be where they are today today without Yelich. I 
much in the big second half that he had. I mean, if you look at it, they ended up winning the division because of what he did down the stretch. I mean, check out these stats. I called him Pete Davidson when I saw him on August 11th. And check out his stats since then. 18 home runs. He's bumped his average up 14 points. He's bumped his own base percentage up 26 points. Slugging percentage up 76 which means that OPS is up a whopping 102 points. And he's got 49 RBIs to go on top of that. He was a huge reason why the Brew Crew was able to get hot down the stretch and was able to uh, end up winning this division from the Cubs because it really looked like the Cubs were going to win it by probably three or four games. But, yeah, and uh, we've talked about what he's done at the plate, but he also plays gold glove defense, and he stole 22 bases this year. So this is just a guy that's done it all for the Brewers. Great trade for them in the offseason, and – probably the biggest pickup from the 2017 offseason. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, like you said, this guy's an all-around player. He's one of the best in baseball. He's young, too. We'll be watching him tear up the NL, MLB for many, many years to come. Looking over here at AL, who do you have for your AL MVP? Uh, I got to go with Mike Trout. It was It's hard not to go with Mookie, hard not to go with JD, looking at what they did with, uh, with Boston, uh, the way that they helped them out. 108-win team, obviously. But, I mean, Mike Trout, 460 on base percentage. I know you told me that one stat earlier where he's, uh, he missed all those games and he still made – he was still on base more than anybody else. Yeah, in the, 55 uh, less – or he was 55th in the league in, play, in plate appearances. 55th in the league in plate appearances, and he still got on base more than anybody else. Um, and you look along with 39 home runs. He hit 312. He's already top 100 all-time in war, and he's only 26 years old. I mean, I, I get like all, everything with uh, Mookie and JD, but I, I had to go with Trout personally. Yeah, see, I think Trout is kind of like LeBron. He's the yeah. best player in baseball. I just don't think that he can give him the MVP, kind of like the James Harden thing. I want to take the best player from the best team and when they have kind of identical stats, and that's why I went with JD Martinez for my MVP. I mean, he was top two in all stats in the a, or like all stats in the um, AL. Obviously, his war wasn't as high as these other guys because he doesn't play the field as much as they do. He's not a great fielder, but he was extremely hot as well, hitting the ball last year. He almost won an MVP and was only in the yeah. league for half the season. So I just feel like it's kind of like the James Harden thing. You know, he was went off last year. He carried it over in this year, and he was still hot. I mean, this guy hit 330, 43 home runs, 130 RBIs. Red Sox have the best record in the MLB by far. I mean, the Yankees were kind of close, but I mean, the Red Sox were still like it was the Red Sox were never worried about anybody catching them all season long. And so I just feel like with the season that Martinez has had that he deserves the recognition and he deserves to be recognized for being so good. And I mean, when you almost win a triple crown, that's something not a lot of people do. And I feel like you got to win it. MVP. Oh yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I I'm kind of with you on that. I get both sides of that argument, and uh, just like Christian Yelich, though, another huge addition in the 2017 offseason first year of this team he's already out here putting up these numbers great fit for the Red Sox yeah absolutely he took them from being a team I mean they probably would have finished five six games under the Yankees because the Yankees still won over 100 yeah. games and that's oh, a hell of a season team. but I mean he, t- he took them to the next level so that's really why I feel like I got to go with uh, Martinez here obviously that's going to be a really tight race a lot of yeah. people aren't even considering him because they take war into accountability so much but I got to go with Martinez here but let's move on here to Cy Young for the NL Cy Young I have Jacob DeGrom I mean this guy had the lowest ERA, most wins in the NL. He did all the stuff you got to do right. And the, the Mets were absolutely terrible. This team didn't have a single player that, that qualified to be like listed in stats with that had over 300 batting average. This team started out hot and they fell behind, but DeGrom went out there every single game and just kept on pitching, pitching hard. I mean, he, he got a lot of no decisions. He got some losses in games where you only give up one or two runs. And his war was actually a way, way higher. It was, it was like 2.4 points 
points higher than any position player if you take all three wars into accountability. But I can't pick him for MVP just because you can't pick a guy who plays every seven, six days. Yeah, I agree with you there. And I, I went with DeGrom with Cy Young as well. I mean, you look at the 170 ERA. He won the ERA title by over half a point, point six seven over uh, Aaron Nola with, at, uh, at 237. On a weak Mets team, poor defensively, poor offensively. Obviously, that's the only reason why he only went 10-9. and nine. And opposing pitchers against him this season had a 245 ERA, which is just – that's – bad luck as well as long to go with having that uh, bad offense with New York and uh, he had the strikeouts working for him too 269 that was second to uh, Mad Max up in Washington so I mean Scherzer's going to get some votes Nola's probably going to get some votes but I think to me Jacob DeGrom's the clear cut winner here yeah, no, I mean, I, I just don't see any other way you can have anybody else. A crazy stat here is he held opposing hitters to almost the same triple st- uh, stat line or hitting line as he had. His He was a uh, 0.164, 0.211, 0.179. Opposing batters were 0.196, 0.244, and 0.277 batting line against him. So, I mean, this guy was pretty much unhittable on a horrible Mets team. I, there was many times I wish I could have seen him get traded. But he absolutely dominated. Let's move over here to AL. Who do you have for your AL Cy Young? Uh, Blake Snell. First time I was on here, I had to rant about how he got left off the playoff roster initially. Yeah, we were pissed about that. That was uh, ridiculous. He ended up on the roster. That was great for him. And uh, for a team that early on did not look, they ended up winning. They ended up winning ninety games, which I did not expect Mm -hmm. at all. The opener and strategy really worked for them. But for a team that looked pretty bad in the first half what he was able to do is unreal looking at overall his stats he went 21 and 5 189 era 221 221 strikeouts and 180 innings and a sub one whip uh there are a lot of there are a lot of good candidates here chris sale trevor bauer but i think uh snellzilla earned it for them and what about you? I have to agree with you on that one. I think the Cy Youngs are pretty like easy to come to a consensus. I mean, if you look at all the other pitchers in the AL here, I mean, there's some guys who are close to him. He obviously had the best ERA. He barely he had one more win than Kluber did. But I just look at the support he's getting in Tampa. Almost all these other players that are close to him in all these pitching categories, whether it's Severino, whether it's Carrasco, whether it's Kluber, whether it's Verlander, whether it's Bauer, Cole, all these guys are on playoff teams and he's not. And all those teams have absolutely stacked hit lineups if you look at these hitters that they have in their batting order and they put in the field these guys are all stars like these are the best hitters in baseball that these teams have stacked up and down like they have multiple of them especially playing in the american league east too facing the yankees that often facing the red sox that often even i mean the blue jays were banged up they saw a pretty good lineup facing those teams as often as he was and still being able to post a sub two era is just unimaginable i, I didn't think there's any way I, and I, I always liked blake snell but i didn't think there's any way he could put up numbers like this for that tampa bay race yeah no that's what i'm saying like what he did with what he had is just um, it's just amazing to me so i mean i don't see any way you can't not have blake snell here i feel like you got to recognize him especially it's, it's kind of a good thing too for tampa because i mean they had a sneaky good season so it kind of awards them as well uh let's move here now to the NLAL rookie. I know me and you are going to be pretty fired up. Huge debate oh, between yeah. Soto and Acuna. I mean, you already know both of us are going yeah, with Acuna. Is there, is there even any doubt here, Ben? <laughs> um, but, I mean, what's what's your reasoning here for put, for picking uh, Acuna? Well, I mean, you look at it and I mean, sure, Soto edged him out with the OPS a little bit, but the only reason why he did is Soto's approach is unreal, just like Joey Votto's. He had the, uh, he was a teenager with a 400 on base percentage, but if you look across the board at pretty much everything else Ronald Acuna is better. 
26 home runs, 16 stolen bases, the raw power and the speed that he has, the gold glove defense, and his war was a, a point and a half higher than Juan Soto's in pretty much the same amount of time. And you look at what they did down the stretch, the Braves would not – well, looking at, with the way the Phillies stumbled, the Braves would probably still have made the playoffs without him doing all this, but they would not have been a 91 team for sure. At, since uh, Brian Snicker bumped him up to the leadoff spot, had an OPS over 1,000, he hit well over 300, 19 home runs, 14 stolen bases, and that's just in the second half of the season. He's been unreal. Yeah, no, I mean, Soto had a great season. He did really, he did really, really well. Like they called him up. He's this big name prospect. I mean, he hit 292, 22 home runs, 70 RBIs, over four on base percentage, like you said. I just feel like that once we moved Acuna into, into our lineup as the, as the leadoff hitter, that we just got so much better. Like you saw us in that stretch where we played the Marlins where he's hitting all those home runs. They had to hit him. Like he was a problem and teams okay. couldn't do anything about him. So I just feel like that Acuna elevated the Braves' play to being so much better. And on top of that, I mean, their stats are pretty much identical yeah. with it, with how it is. I mean, Acuna had more home runs and all, but <clears throat> their stats are pretty much identical. And Acuna, I felt like, made this team better, and he was like what we needed. And also, I kind of like Acuna a little bit better in the field. I feel like yeah. he has one of those arms. Like, he throws lasers. You're not running on Acuna. It's just like Judge last night. Like, you're not running on Aaron Judge. Like, you don't run on Ronald Acuna. And the best example of that, actually, is in that first game when I saw um, Tukey come up and pitch. Tukey got in a little bit of a jam, and they had a runner on third base. Next thing you know, they had, they get a fly ball out to him. Ronald just throws a laser, and nobody ran because they were like, well, it's Acuna. Next thing you know, we get out of the jam, and then we just break it and blow the game open. So I feel like he also changes the game in more aspects than his hitting. Yeah, one more quick note on Juan Soto, though. Uh, another reason to laugh at the Marlins. The Marlins and Nationals obviously had discussions uh, revolving around JT Real Muto in the offseason. And the Marlins insisted on Victor on Victor Robles, their other outfield prospect. The Nats said, we won't do that, but we'll give you Juan Soto. And they said, Juan Soto, no, I don't want him. He's not as good as Robles is. And you look at Juan Soto, and he's every bit as good as uh, Victor Robles, probably better but not as good as Ronald Acuna Jr. Yeah, I legitimately feel bad for the Marlins, especially the fact that they tra- that they had uh, Jose Fernandez and what happened with him. And then on top of that, I mean, they traded the NL MVP away. So, I mean, I just feel bad for the Marlins, man. Just get, it gets worse there before it gets better. But let's move here now to AL rookie. Who do you have for your AL rookie? I got Shohei Otani. I mean, there are a few candidates here, but just looking what he was, he's doing things that we haven't seen since Babe Ruth. Obviously, uh, disappointing news about his elbow. He's, uh, hasn't has to undergo Tommy John won't be able to pitch next year but he will still be able to hit which I mean on the mound he's great four and two 331 ERA 63 strikeouts and 51 innings 203 batting average against but he's just as good at the plate and that's the thing when he first came over I wasn't sure about his ability at the plate and he proved me wrong uh 925 OPS 22 home runs and only 326 at bats Uh, I'm really looking forward to see what he'll do next year because I think he will hit even more. He'll probably rack up at least 500 at-bats next year. Um, I just wish him the best with speedy recovery, but that's my choice for uh, Rookie of the Year. How about you? Um, I'm actually going to go different here. I'm with Miguel and Duhar, and I just can't pick as much as I would love to pick Otani. I don't know if you all follow me on Twitter, but I tweeted about Otani a ton this season. He's one of my favorite players to watch just because he struggled so much in the preseason, so I thought he was he was getting dinged up yeah, pitching. Yeah, staying away from yeah, the fantasy yeah. draft after that. I was like, I don't know. I don't think I want this guy. Yeah, same here. I couldn't buy into the hype, but he did nothing but prove me wrong. But the reason why I cannot 
pick him and I pick Duhar is because Duhar played in 149 out of 162 games rather than only 111 for Otani. He was hurt a little bit, obviously, with his arm. He's going to have better war just because he's a pitcher. But he had tw- he had 200 to 300 less at bats. I mean, Duhar led rookie. He was the rookie leader in home runs, averages, and RBIs. He hit almost 300, 297. He's pretty much the everyday third baseman for that Yankees team. And you know that's a team where if you don't perform, that they're going to go out and get somebody, pay him top dollar. They'll do whatever they have to do to replace you in there. And Duhar is a rookie, stepped up and stepped in there and did it. So I just have to go with him. Yeah, I, I get that. And Duhar and uh, Glaber Torres as well from New York. Those two rookies really helped them down the stretch. And they're a huge part of why they were able to win 100 games this year. Yeah, Glaber was good, but I felt like he kind of faded out as the season went on. He yeah. did not. He didn't finish as strong as after, he started. After that injury, he kind of struggled a little bit. But, mm-hmm. I mean, long-term outlook, having the two of them on the infield is going to be huge for them. Yeah, that's the biggest trade rape in the history of sports. Yeah. Trading trading Glaber for Chapman. And, and then they get right. Yeah, but, I and, mean, at the, the same time, the yeah. yeah. At the same time, you're the Cubs. You got it done. Yeah. You did what you had to do to win in the now. I'm all about winning in the now when you have the team. Mm-hmm. I love what the Cubs did there. But we'll move here to manager now. For NL manager, I have to go with Craig Council. I know that there's a lot of debate here on this one. A lot of people like Brian Snicker. A lot of people like a lot of different managers. But I have to go with go with Council here. I feel like the Brewers, you know, the Brewers are one of those teams who's like, oh, it's the Brewers. Kind of like one of those just historically bad MLB teams. Don't really have a lot of good history around them. I know they've never won a World Series before. But the Brewers had the best record in the NL, and that's why I picked him as much as I would love to pitch Snicker. I can't I can't have my uh, Braves bias kick in too much. So I have to go with Council here, 96-67. And really, just, this team was honestly like they're starting to fade there for a while. They did terrible. They had a terrible start to the second half of the season. I really thought they were starting to fade. I was like, well, the Brewers are probably done. And they heated up, thanks to Christian Yelich. But they heated up, got it done, got in the playoffs, went out and spent the big money, put everything together. I got to go with Council. Yeah, I mean, I get the argument with both sides of that. And uh, if you're looking at bullpen management aspect, then Council definitely has the edge there. But he also has the better bullpen with Josh Hader, Jefferson, all that. I went with Brian Snicker. Uh, he's overachieved in a big way. The Braves were projected to win about 74, 75 games this year. Instead, they went 90 and 72. Uh, he really just cultivated a winning culture there. He's got, uh, like, Freddie Freeman's been really outspoken about how much he loves Brian Snicker. Several players have. He's kept the young guys' heads on straight all year. He hasn't had anybody really have any problems in the clubhouse, any problems on the field, except for when Jose Urania threw at Ronald Acuna, and I thought that Snicker was about to lose it. He ran out there screaming. He was ready to punch Jose Urania in the face. And if it happens again, obviously not with Urania because the Marlins are trash and they're not in the playoffs, but if it happens again, Brian Snicker's probably going to kill somebody. Oh, yeah, 100%. You know, you love seeing that, though, with your coach taking up for the player, especially like that. That's how you become the player's coach. But, I mean, the biggest thing with Snicker was he was just kind of supposed to be like the manager this year where you're just kind of like, whatever, this season's this season. We'll focus on making the playoffs and make the push next year. But we were so far ahead of a schedule, and we played so well with Snicker keeping him in there. I bet we'll see Snicker standing yeah. around here long term. That's another thing. When Anthopolis took over the analytical mindset, people were thinking that, all right, well, Snicker's definitely going to be gone after this. But – They've actually ended up getting along much better than anybody would ever think. Uh, Snicker has bought into the analytical side of things a little bit. He's uh, he doesn't have as great of an understanding, obviously, as Anthopolis does. But mm-hmm. he's learning on he's learning on the job. And uh, I mean, I guess you can teach an old dog new tricks. Look at the Braves winning ninety games this year. Um, yeah, no, I agree with you completely. There, we'll 
we'll move on here to the um, AL now. So for the AL, I'm going with athletics director Bob Melvin here. I mean, manager Bob Melvin. Um, I just feel like that what he's done with this team, and we all know how the A's are. They're a money ball team. They're uh, they got Billy Bean running everything for them. This is not a big. This is not one of those Yankees or Red Sox teams where you go out and spend a ton of money on your players. I know the Yankees have a lot of homegrown talent on this team, but I mean, they still went out and spent plenty of money on other players. So. I've got to go with him. I just feel like what he did, the fact that he's even able to keep up with the Astros. Now, the Astros did have a lot of injuries, which I kept on telling people, like, yo, like, yeah, the A's are coming, but the Astros have their three best players, Correa, Springer, and the two all go to the DL at the same time. So, I mean... They caught up to him a little bit, but I just feel like they won 97 games here. I mean, they were able to beat out the Mariners and the Angels. The Mariners were killing it there for a while. They still won 89 games. Angels won 80 games. I mean, they were probably in the most competitive AL division, and the fact they were able to do this much better with these teams, with the young talent, everything they have, i got to go with Melvin. Uh, yeah, I was a little bit torn here between uh, Bob Melvin and Alex Cora up in Boston. Yeah. I ended up going with Cora. I mean, 108 wins. That's the most we've seen in years. Uh, the Red Sox obviously battled some big injuries. Chris Sale, Mookie Betts, and the bullpen just kind of lost it in the second half. They had a really shaky uh, month of August and pretty shaky in September as well, and he still found a way to maneuver through that, win 108 games. Um all due respect with to Bob Melvin. He was he did a great job. Kevin Cash as well with the opener down in uh, Tampa Bay. But uh, I got to give it to Alex Cora personally. Yeah, no, I mean I can definitely understand why you go with Cora there. Winning 108 games is no easy feat in the MLB, especially. But I mean I just I just love what Mel- I just feel like that you get a stacked All Star team with Cora, which is honestly is difficult to manage all the personalities and stuff. But I just feel like that Melvin did did so much with what he had. He did such yeah. a good job managing that team. He overachieved as much as Brian Snicker. And that's why it was tough for me to not give it to Bob Melvin. But I was kind of, I was pretty split there. But in the end, that's just my opinion. Yeah, no, it'll definitely be a tough race for a lot for both these awards. I mean, I could see it going either way. I bet you when the voting comes out, it's going to be pretty split. Mm -hmm. I mean, I wouldn't even be surprised if Joe Madden even got a vote or two. If we see, um, I I could see a lot of these skippers for any of these playoff teams really in the NL getting votes. Same thing in the AL. So, I mean, in the AL though, it's more so really just between Melvin and Cora. But though in the NL, in the NL, this vote, I bet will be spread out a good bit but it'll be fun to see but let's move on here talk about the playoff matchups we got some big matchups i guess we'll start with the game that just uh the first pitch just happened a few minutes ago we got colorado milwaukee who you like in this matchup um i like milwaukee and i like what they're doing today with the opener with the strategy uh, introduced by tampa bay um you look at that team they have probably the best offensive firepower in the nfl the nl um and you have, they have an unstoppable bullpen. Their rotation's a little shaky, so I like the decision to go with the opener. They got Woodruff starting. They've got guys like Josh Hader, Jeremy Jeffress, Joaquin Soria waiting in the wings, ready to come in. So uh, I like the strategy they're going with right now, and uh, I, I love that offense. Christian Yelich, Jesus Aguilar, I mean, it, what's not to like there? Yeah, I don't think there'll be any shortage of runs in this series. I think there'll be lots of runs. Maybe I like the over in a lot of these games. Um, I think, I mean, both these teams are hot. The Rockies mm-hmm. just won two elimination games in a row pretty much or not quick note on them to put some respect on Kyle Freeland's name I've been big on the guy all year long great left-handed pitcher for them he looked good in the uh, wild card game and uh 
that's going to be the toughest challenge for the Brew Crew offense, too. Yeah, it was honestly like there for a second. I was like, wow, did they really just blow this game by taking? Because they took him out when he only had like 82 yeah. pitches thrown. So I, I was I think, like, I think he was on short rest, too. I think he was pitching on four days rest and he still went out there and dealt like that. It was really. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, especially Colorado, you'd be like, oh, these pitchers aren't that good. Or they, I mean, you can't really judge how good their pitchers are because they play yeah. in their in, up in their ballpark. And he has the lowest home ERA in Colorado franchise history, too, uh, beating Ubaldo Jimenez back. Yeah, I was about to say, and he, we all know what he did, yeah. but Ubaldo, I mean, he, I was at the game when he threw the no-hitter no yeah, against oh, the Braves. Man. Yeah, I was so pissed that, that whole hurt. game. That hurt. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. And that was like the only good year Ubaldo even had oh, in the bigs. Man. But I'm actually going to go with the Brewers in this one. I just feel like they're too stacked up. Yelich probably been the best player in the NL. We both picked him for MVP. He's been tearing it up right now. So I just look for the Brewers to ride hot bats. But I see the series going to four or five games. I don't mm-hmm. see it being a sweep by any means. Uh, let's look at the other NL series we got going on tonight, which is Braves Dodgers. Um, I'll start off with this one since I know you got tons of Braves oh, stuff, yeah. as do I. You know, I really like really like us guys. I mean, both our teams hit left-handed mm-hmm. pitching really well, but they're throwing Ryu at us tonight. I really do think, guys, that we're going to come out the Braves night. We're going to be like, all right, look, guys, we're playing Kershaw next game. Yeah, it's Kershaw in the playoffs. He's not that great in the playoffs, but it's still Clayton Kershaw, still at, Kershaw. The same, yeah. at the same time. You can't overlook him in any way. We're going we're gonna to have a sense of urgency tonight. We're going to come out. We're going to get this win. Fulte's going to probably throw seven or eight innings for us. I think Acuna on it is going to be like, yo, I'm 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 rookie, not Juan That's Soto. He's going to come out, that. make his statement tonight. I think we gash gash a Ryu. I think the over hits in this game. I like the Braves to win this game tonight. Like I think we're probably going to like eight three Braves tonight. But I think the Braves take the division. But I I think in four games. Yeah. I mean, Hinjin Ryu is he's no slouch. He had a sub two ERA. He was banged up a good bit this year. Only made like ten or eleven starts, I think. But he still had a sub two ERA in those starts. But, I mean, first of all, if he throws Ronald Acuna a first-pitch fastball to open this series, that ball's going 500 feet. If maybe 600. Yeah, maybe 600, yeah. If he doesn't throw him a first-pitch changeup or something off speed, then I don't know what is going through their mind. But, I mean, look at the pitching that the Dodgers have uh, outside of Walker Bueller. I mean, Ross Stripling's not even on the roster, so they have Clayton Kershaw, Hinjin Ryu, Alex Wood, Rich Hill, all lefties. And look at what the Braves have done against lefties. Uh OPS wise, Ronald Acuna Jr. 992, Albies 905, Freeman 923, Tyler Flowers an eye popping 1117. That's among the Jeez, best. Jeez, Flowers. Yeah. So, and even and Kurt Suzuki's above 800 over there too. So either way you go, with the catchers are going to hit them hard. Yeah, pick uh, your poison. Yeah. So I'm I'm really looking forward to this series. I think this is a great matchup for the Braves and. Uh, Get the little playoff monkey off their back, too, facing the Dodgers, the team that knocked them out last time in the NLDS in 2013. But another thing I love about the Braves in the NLDS is all year long, you think about what's been the Braves' weakness. Most people would say, what, bullpen? Bullpen. Right? Yeah. You look at the, uh, the projected bullpen for the Atlanta Braves in the NLDS and their ERA. Brad Brock, 152 since coming to Atlanta. Max Freed, 294. Minner, 323. Venner's 354. Vizzy, 211. And Chad Sabatka, freaking gift from God himself, came in 188 ERA since he came up. And they also have uh, some weapons in Tuki Toussaint, Sean Newcomb, Julio Tehran, whoever doesn't start game four. So Braves bullpen, they turned a weakness into a strength there, and that's going to be a huge boost for them because the Dodgers have a pretty good bullpen of their own led by Kenley Jansen. So it's going to be a good series, man. I'm really looking forward to it. Oh, yeah, no, 100%. I'm really looking forward to this series too. Who, who's your favorite right now to come out of the uh, out of the NL? Come out of the NL? Uh, 
I honestly, I might go with Atlanta here. I got to see how uh, the opener strategy works out for Milwaukee. But uh, as of right now, I think, uh, as Brian Snicker and several others have been saying for months now, this team just has it. They don't give up, no matter who's up, no matter who uh, they're up against, no matter what gets thrown at them, no matter how ba- how bad they're down. This team doesn't give up. They've got the perfect mix of veterans and young guys. They might honestly be my pick out of the NL right now. Yeah, and the Braves are 49 and 30 this season as the underdog, rather than the Dodgers are 65 and 87 as the favorite. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that stat bodes well for the Braves, guys. I'm all over the Braves tonight. I think there'll be a no shortage of runs in this series. The Dodgers, a big run lineup. I think Fulte might be able to shut them down there tonight, but they'll probably get some late runs. But like you said, we're turning a strength into a weakness here with our bullpen. I'm extremely hyped, guys. I mean, I haven't been this excited for anything in a while. We got Atlanta, another Atlanta team in the playoffs don't have that negative atlanta yeah. attitude oh it's atlanta like if you're gonna do that don't even watch the game or pull for the dodgers so i can rub in your face when we beat them like please do i don't want to hear any of that none of that i'm sick of hearing it people were saying that we were gonna collapse and the phillies were gonna win and i was like guys our magic number is literally two at this point with like 16 games to go we're not gonna collapse get that guard yeah i'm not gonna lie when we struggled there for a minute i did take the After phillies the to make the play series, yeah that, the boston series that scared me we should have won two of those games too which would have helped us big time nationally to have a winning record against the Red Sox but I mean that that series scared me but then you look at what they did they went out had a big road trip racked Mm -hmm. up six wins some big wins out in Arizona too that was a great road trip for the Braves and just like just like I just said whenever people start to count them out they find a way to get right back into it. Oh, yeah, 100%. I love this team. I love everything we've done. Can't wait to keep watching them. But let's look now at the AL. Let's look over here. Um, we got the Indians and the Astros meeting in the, in the first series. I mean, this series is no shortage. I mean, the Indians team is stacked. They got mm-hmm. lots of good players, whether it's in Lindor, whether it's Ramirez, whether it's the fact they added Josh Donaldson. Don't sleep on Michael Brantley either. They got great pitching rotation. They got Kluber, Bauer, Carrasco. I mean, this, te- this Indians team is good, but I think it's just going to be like, what happened last year at the end of the Yankees. They have a good team, but they can't get past the Astros. I th- I've, I've still got the Astros going to the World Series. I think this is the most complete team. They got everybody healthy. They yeah. got everyone back. I mean, they managed to ha- – they stayed hot while the A's did too. I mean, yeah, it was a still d- won 100 games. Too. Yeah, 103 yeah. games. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So, I mean, I like Houston this one. I think they have way too much star power stacked up in that lineup. What about you? Yeah, I- I'm with you there. I mean – Another thing with the Indians, if the Indians want to win this series, they've got to get Jose Ramirez going. He's obviously one of the best players in baseball all year long. Until September or uh, late August hit, he got ice cold. Obviously, adding Josh Donaldson, if he's if he's healthy, like he's looked pretty good for them. I thought I thought he was pretty much washed, but he's looked pretty good since he got uh, got to Cleveland. Edwin Encarnacion's uh, always been a second half guy and a postseason guy, so that's. They're a good team. They have a great rotation. But, you know, who else is a good team with a great rotation? It's the Houston Astros, and now they've got everybody back healthy. I just I, I don't think that they're going to lose this. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think Houston, they've been there. They've done it before. This is the third time kind of this nucleus has been to the playoffs, so I look for them to build off that and to keep going. I look for – I've got Houston, honestly. I think they're winning the World Series. I got them going back to the World Series. Um, let's look over at the other ma- matchup. we got Red Sox-Yankees. You know, I think that's – I think Red Sox-Yankees is the most recognizable, like, rivalry in sports. But to me, it's between them or Steelers-Ravens. I think those are the two biggest hate rivalries in sports. Um, it's going to be a close series, but I'm, most teams 
teams have a lot of questions to me in the starting pitching. Like both yeah. these lineups have no shortage of power, tons of power hitting in these lineups, but any player can change it with a crack of the bat. These games in Boston especially will be extremely high scoring, I mm-hmm. think. But it'll be interesting to see if David Price has some has some playoff magic left in the tanks. Kind of weird Rick Procell led this team in innings pitched. I don't even think they'll give him a start. He had a 428 ERA. He led the team in wins at 17. I don't think they're going to go with him personally in the playoffs. I mean, Chris Sale's obviously your number one. He's starting game yeah. one for him now. I mean, he he's a beast. I think the Yankees, though, guys, are kind of hot. I think they're going to build off the momentum they have, and I think the Yankees get it done. I think this is uh, going to come down to a game five, and I think Absolutely. it's probably going to end up uh, Sale and Severino. And Severino, despite what he did in the wild card game last season, he bounced back, and he looked incredible last night. Um, that's going to be a good matchup if it does come down to that. But what I think this series is going to come down to is going to be the bullpen. And the Red Sox bullpen was shaky in the second half, and the Yankees can just throw closer after closer. Yeah, we saw what Burchins did when he came in last night. Yeah, I mean, he's got Dylan Batances, Zach Britton, David Robertson, or all the Chapman, and just keep on going. That bullpen is great. Both teams offensively are going to be great. Uh, I think I disagree. I think they will give Porcello a start, but it'll probably be like he'll probably be a game three guy. Uh, I just it's because I don't know who else that they would throw out there in his place. Anybody they have that would be better than him, but um, I we'll see how Price can do. He's had some really great starts, and he's had some really poor starts in the postseason. So it's going to be great to see like if he's got anything in, left in the tank and. Uh, See what Chris Sale can do in the postseason. You know, he yeah, he got knocked around last year in the postseason, and uh, and he obviously didn't get much experience before that playing in Chicago. So not in Chicago. So we're gonna see what he can do. Uh, I don't know. I think the Yankees might end up shocking the world. And I mean, this isn't a normal wild card team either. This is a hundred win New York Yankees ball club. So to think of this as a hundred and eight win team up against just a guy that slid in the wild card spot, that's not the case here. And the Yankees, especially. They have they do not have a single hole in their lineup now. Gary Sanchez started playing well again, which they really needed. And Luke Voigt came in as a godsend at he first base. He had the huge hit last After, night. Yeah, he blew the game open. Night, he pimped that triple, and he still ended up on third base. Um, he's shown some tremendous power since he got to New York. Uh, St. Louis uh, wanted to move Matt Carpenter back to first base, and so they didn't have room for him, but. Just like the way the way it was with Matt Adams in Atlanta last year, the Red Sox trade a first or not Red Sox Cardinals trade a first baseman and he just takes off. Uh, Luke Voigt is really helping carry the freight right now, hitting with uh, Stanton, Judge, all those big bats. He's right in the middle of everything for them. I think the Yankees are going to win this series in five. Yeah, I agree. I think the Yankees are going to build off the momentum they built up kind of last game. And like you said, it's kind of I feel bad for the Red Sox. You have such a good record, you dominate the entire regular season. And the fact that you have to play the Yankees, yeah, you play a hundred wins. Yeah, team you play the, the first second. Round, man. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah, like that. It, sh- it shouldn't happen like that. But I'm I'm really excited to watch this series. I mean, anytime the Red Sox and Yankees play, it's fun to watch. We all know what's happened in the past in the postseason. Mm-hmm. Like when we had uh, Don Zimmer run out there and get thrown <laughs> on the ground by Pedro Martinez. To me, that'll always be one of like the most iconic moments of my childhood oh, yeah. watching sports. I'll never forget watching that game. I'll never even forget where I was watching it. But yeah, it's gonna be fun to watch. It's gonna be a fun series. It, I mean, it really re- could go either way too. These are two. Just yeah. What do you What do you think? Over games. under benches clear twi- two clear two and a half times in this series uh I, I'm, honestly i might take the over if something i'm going over if anybody uh cr- like chris sale he's a great pitcher he's got a little bit of a temper on him remember what he did cutting up the uniforms in chicago mm-hmm. a while back uh if something goes wrong for him i wouldn't be surprised to see him right in the middle of this, uh, in the middle of things same goes for uh david price so i don't know this could 
it could get ugly and it could get really entertaining. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's going to be most watched baseball. I'm not even going to lie, guys. Y'all know how much I love watching football, all kinds of football. If, I'm going to be watching MLB playoffs over football. I always watch her. I always, I have three TVs. So, you know, I have the luxury have to watch. Yeah, all times. I got the setup at all times. So I'm not even going to lie, guys. I'm going to be watching this 100%. So let's move here now to our awards. So I kind of, I did the same thing with the NBA season. I didn't get to do it with the NFL, unfortunately, because that was when my, I made my first ever podcast cast is when the NFL season ended, but I kind of like to do some funny awards for everything. I think it's funny just to throw something in there, make a little fun out of everything. So our first award we came out with is strikeout waiting to happen. And for this, I had to go with Joey Gallo. I mean, he was second in the MLB in strikeouts. This guy, I mean, Joey Gallo, he's a home run hitter, but he's either going to hit it over the fence or he strikes out. There's no in between for him. I don't think he knows anything else besides swing for the fences. So I got to go with Joey Gallo on this one. I mean, he, he he's batting average. He got it above. He got it above his weight. He got weight. over the Mendoza line. Yeah, he got over the Mendoza yeah. line, but I don't know if he hit his weight, though. 206, he probably weighs – it says right here he weighs 235. I mean, he might, that might be a little generous. But, I mean, he got it over the Mendoza line. He had 40 home runs, but he struck out almost over 200 times. So, I got Joey Gallo. That's a really good choice. Uh, I went with Jock Peterson just because and, – and it's not the case for him with righties, but if he faces a left-handed pitcher, it, he's among the worst hitters in the league. All he does is strike out. You look at the traditional stats – among the worst but you look at the analytical side of things too 38 wrc plus and that's out of the league average which is 100 so he is 62 percent below average against left-handed pitching that is bottom of the barrel in the uh, in major league baseball so you throw a lefty at him he's striking out on three pitches he might not even open his eyes yeah no i mean i, I like that pick too with peterson you might want to go whisper that to snicker when you're out there be like yo <laughs> peterson's up put a lefty in bring in free yeah bring in bring in free throw that curveball bring the hook baby mm-hmm. bring the hook um next award we got got a uh, most likely to play with the biggest chaw in i went with chris davis not crush davis but chris davis from the o's i mean this guy's no for striking out and he's he's known for a lot of things he had a couple he had a couple seasons where he had a lot of home runs but other than that he pretty much gets out worst player in baseball this season too it's sad to watch yeah it is I feel he had some great years but uh. but hey he'll never stop throwing in huge chaws he's Uh always got a chaw and it makes his whole cheek look like it look like he's got it blown up full of air when you blow your cheeks up full of air so I mean he's always got a dip in at least he's happy with that who do you have for this Uh, I went with uh, Spider-Man Josh Reddick in Houston he's a a little South Georgia Georgia boy, he'll be out there with uh, he'll have some he'll have chaw on at all times. Uh, he'll be out there. He robbing. sleeps with it in. He sleeps with it in. He'll rob a home run with a hammer in. He's gonna and I mean especially with George Springer the team back healthy. I don't know if he's gonna start every game. And if he's sitting there on the bench, he's going to throw a full cannon at a time, man. Oh, yeah, a can of inning. He, uh-huh. he, he goes through he quick. Through nine yeah. game. Or a bag of chew. I don't know which one he oh, prefers, yeah. but one of the two. So our next award here is uh, manager most likely to get ejected and have a freak out. Who's yours for this? Um, oh, with Brian Snicker, because I think that the likelihood's pretty high that Ronald Coonan is going to get hit again at some point. And you saw what he did last time. Uh, Snicker, Ender Enciarte, and Eric Young Sr. all absolutely lost it. And uh, Snit's known to fight for his players, and Snit's known to not take anything from an umpire, anything from an opposing team. If something goes wrong and somebody goes after a Braves player, Brian Snicker's going to lose his mind. 
Yeah, I like Snicker there. I mean, I, I hope they throw at him just so we can see Snicker have a freak out. And I love how he get, how he puts up for his players like that, just like Bobby Cox did, the greatest players manager of all time. But I actually went with Dave Rob or Dave Martinez for the Nationals. Um, it's not even the fact that I, that he gets ejected a lot or has these freak outs. It's just, yeah, the Nationals had the highest paying paid team in baseball this year. It was over three hundred million dollar payroll, and they couldn't even make the playoffs. So I just feel like with how frustrated he was and everything, he's most likely just to have a freak out and get ejected out of pure frustration and because he knows he probably lost his job after this season. Yeah. Um, last award we got for y'all here is most likely to break your bat. And I picked Bryce Harper for this. And it's just because Bryce Harper is kind of a hothead. He's kind of that douche. He walks around and holds his <laughs> holds his head up high. He, he misses on a strike three and he's having an 0 for 3 day. You know, he's going to turn around and smash that bat like it's nothing. And I've seen him do it quite a few times. I've seen him throw the bat. I've seen him have all kinds of little freak outs. So I just feel like Bryce Harper is the most likely to take a bat and snap it over his knee or take his anger take his anger for not having a good performance out on the bat uh, I think that's a good choice right there but I went with Yasiel Puig uh, kind Another of the same way and Puig Puig's built like he could be in the NFL too and uh He's gonna ha- he's gonna strike out some. He's gonna have his uh, he's gonna have his fair share of home runs and uh, extra base hits. Obviously, he's gonna have his fair share of strikeouts. And with the strikeouts come the frustration, and I think you're gonna see him break his bat over his knee at some point this series. So yeah, and I mean the other team too about coming. yeah the other thing too that's funny about Puig, which is uh, honestly now I think about an award that we should have done is most likely to have lied about their age. <laughs> we all know we all know who the Braves would pick for that oh, one, Juan man. Soto. But I mean this man Simpson's <laughs> all mad about that. So oh I yeah, no, it. that was. Hilarious! I love that little beef. You know, that's just some good, like, in-division, you know, like, oh, fun yeah. mid-season, make things fun. Because, I mean, Juan Soto is probably 22. But <laughs> it was just – I just feel like Puig, you know, he came in the MLB. He was the hot commodity. He came in the MLB and was instantly one of the best players in the league. I mean, there's, horse, there was no way he was 23 or whatever he was claiming he was. He was about 30. And you can tell, too, with how much he's dropped off now at this point in his career. Hey, I would agree, but I don't know. He's picked it back up. He's, he's, start, he's turning back around. So, maybe yeah. – He's done the same thing the last – two seasons where he kind of struggles yeah. throughout the season then right around right. the season ending yeah. he pulls it together well, I mean he pulls it together yeah he had a big like hit a yeah exactly he had a big hit in the in the uh, I guess the game the division game, play yeah. in yeah or whatever you want to call it he had a big hit in that game so I mean I feel like Puig yeah he definitely pick, he definitely picks it up in the playoffs but I mean I definitely think he lied about his age <laughs> but Bid I appreciate you coming on man yeah thanks for having me you know me and Bid were real hype for this Braves run on, we baby. want nothing but positive <laughs> positivity guys chop on but we'll see y'all Tune into the game night. Big things happening. We'll talk to you all again soon. Braves in three. Braves in three. You heard (laughs) it here first.